What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to Experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Forever. Dog. On today's episode of Weekend at Bergman's, the game is afoot. And our competitors are playing to win. And the stakes are life and death itself. And nothing is what it seems. And nobody knows if their next move will be their last. And the game master... I did too many of these. Okay. Uh, And the rules? We'll get to the rules in a second. Representing the art house, it's the 1973 dark comedy whodunit, The Last of Sheila written by Stephen Sondheim and Anthony Perkins, and featuring a cavalcade of stars. And representing the mainstream is David Fincher's 1997 follow-up to Seven, The Game, starring Michael Douglas. Joe, are you ready? Oh, yeah. Julie, are you ready? I'm here. Woo! Oh, yeah. Well, then roll that theme song. Every week, you and I watch two movies together. Well, not quite together, because we watch them apart. You at your house and me at mine. Whoa. Every week, we watch the same two movies. Tiny, tiny islands fascinate my ass. But how do we choose these two movies? Well, one is a brilliant, beautiful work of cinematic art, the height of the medium, and the other one is mainstream. I'm talking popcorn, baby. Hollywood endings, but what happens when we watch them back to back and have to say which one we like better? And what do we have to do? We have be to honest. be honest. Welcome. Welcome to Weekend at Bergman's. We're going to watch an art house movie and a mainstream movie. And we're going to tell you which one we like better. And the one that we like better is going to go into the canon. And the one that we did not like as much is going to go into the trash canon. And we can't watch it again uh, for the rest of of our lives. That's the premise of this podcast. My name is Brett Bowman. I'm seated across from my co-host Joe Cilio. Welcome back, everybody. Thank goodness it's Friday. TGIF, and it's time for another episode of Weekend at Bergman's. Folks, it's well-trod territory. 
that I quote, you know, don't like the theme song. Just a little story. For the past two episodes, when we did uh, Blade and Nosferatu, when we did Nope and Signs, Brett and I enjoyed our uh, beautiful theater space here at the Forever Dog Studios. That's right. We did it there. We sat there. We live streamed them. That was so much fun. And I didn't say a peep about the at the theme song. Now I I, I like the theme song, but being back here, has, hey. hold on. But being back here has reminded me of, of perhaps what just threw me so uh, you know uh, for such a ride. These the first couple episodes of this podcast is Brett. When we're in this room, you you look me right in the eyes and think and sing that theme song. That's right. You know, you 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 lay it on me with one hundred percent you know accuracy. Just like you don't look in my you know not because you're weird, just like human interaction. Like the most a day I think that we look each other dead in the eyes is when most you, in our is, life is, is when you sing the Weekend at Bergman's theme song in this room, and I think that's a contributing factor. Um, but ultimately, great job. Uh, so what on you're the saying song. is that the theme—it's mm-hmm. a theme song that is so rich that it has multiple uh, emotional impacts. It can Im- impact you in multiple ways. I'm saying it's not a one-dimensional. You're song. staring at me like a villain. Do you guys mind if I cut in here real quick? Oh, it's Brian. Just, hey, Brian. Brian back here. Hello. Oh, yeah, I, I'm back. I was on the East Coast for about a month. Did, did the theme song get longer? <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering the same thing. It really was slow today, but I did like in the mix that I could hear more of di- different drums. I do think Brett. I know what you're saying, though, that there is such uh, I've added a little bit more detail, a little bit more nuance. And so it seems like there's more to it. Uh, so the experience <laughs> when you get to the end of the theme song, it seems like you've listened to uh, to a longer version of the theme song. But, Brian, fear not. It's the exact same length it's always been. Okay. Uh, I am just on my own journey with that song, trying to constantly uh, upgrade it, add little, add little, uh, you know, little touches here and there. Uh, so I appreciate I love the, it. I appreciate the compliment, I love it, folks. All this BS, I don't like it. I love it. It's just uh, very funny when Brett stares me right in the eyes. Julie, what do you think of the theme song? And we should introduce. I don't. We've, we. I didn't. have a whole introduction uh, here. Please, please, <laughs> please, I just, I just wonder. I just would. I pre credits. <laughs> I would just we haven't even hear. rolled out the credits. I've always wondered what Julie thought of the theme song. Fine. Okay, I'll wait. I'll wait. I'll wait. I'll wait. We'll, we'll, right. Mark it down. Remember, right. I'm remind it down on my little. Bit. Okay, <laughs> you can waste all your questions on that. All right, okay. thank you very much. Joe, I had such a wonderful time at your baby shower yesterday, and we Thank will get to so our guest in a second. Coming. Joe, I had such a wonderful time at your baby shower. Thank you. uh, how, how are you feeling? Is the 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 birth of your child is is imminent now? Uh, yeah, I know. Can you believe this, Julie? I'm having a child. Stop that... referencing our guest. We <laughs> I, just, introduced... I, I, I spend so little time with her. It'd be fun to hang out on the podcast. Um, fine, without bringing Julie in this at all. I'm looking forward to it very much. I feel, you know, perhaps uh, naively quote, as prepared as one can be, understanding that's very little percent, but I have wonderful friends, all of your, your support, you and Amy have given us, Brian and Ryan support, all our friends and family. Uh, thanks for coming to the baby shower. I'm very nervous. I hope we can log enough Bergmans, and we will. All right, that's enough about you. Let's get to our guest. Uh, we have a very special guest uh, this week. Uh, a guest to end all guests, I would say. I'd say. Uh, the credits, oh boy, Joe, are you ready for these Blank credits? Blank check. No, I'm kidding. Why but, start blank I, I, check? I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I, you just guessed it on blank check. Oh, yes. Yeah, or recency. We're doing recency. Yeah, I'm going okay. backwards, sir. Joe, I want to start. If we're going, I can't. I'm totally kidding. Okay. No, all right. Please, please. Joe. I'll, I'll be quiet. I'm, please, I apologize. These credits, when I was writing them out, I was just, I was, I was filled with, uh, you know, sometimes you write out the credits and it's just, you're just sort of a bureaucratic functionary. You're just like filling out, you know, okay, they were in this, they did this, they did that. Best show. As I'm writing these credits, I'm filled with nostalgia, filled with just such a sense of joy as the memory Mm. of these different projects rushes back to me. 
truly, uh, tr- truly one of the greats. I can't believe she's here. I can't believe we know her. I, Julie, I'm sorry. This is going to get too candid, but we, we like <laughs> just pretend we're going to pretend that she can't hear us. I can't believe that I know Julie Klausner. It is, it is such a joy. It is, it is such a privilege. Uh, and I mean, let's start. Let's let, let's start with with with. I would say. I mean, one of the greatest TV shows of all time. And no doubt about, no that. Doubt about oh. it. Uh, the the creator, the star. I'm sure there's there's seven other credits there uh, of difficult people, difficult people. One of the all time great shows. Not not five better comedies this decade. Not at television. all. Not at all. The show that answers the question: What if Thirty Rock aged better? Difficult people. <laughs> difficult people. <laughs> Uh, more you can, Indian jokes. Next you can time, you can revisit it, and it is more relevant than it was last <laughs> week. Uh, it is truly uh, as you know. Uh, it is it's something to be as like sort of uh, to be silly and funny and prophetic and smart to be all these things at once. I mean, just just an absolute masterpiece. Uh, the creator of Difficult People, uh, of course, the the co-host of Double Threat, the co-host of the best damn comedy podcast out there. Yeah. Uh, for my money, uh, uh, double threat. Uh, I do have a little skin in the game there, um, but uh, we're honest on this so show. I, we cannot lie on this show. No. We're not allowed to lie. No, Contractually prevented from lying. Uh, so you can believe me when I say double threat is the best damn comedy podcast out there. New episodes every Monday. Uh, and then I will say this. Also the host, and I also have skin in the game on this, to be candid, but I'm telling you the absolute truth. Also the host of my favorite new podcast. I I edit this podcast, but you could fool me. I feel like I'm listening to it as a fan every week. Ask Julie on Forever Dog Plus. Ask Julie. If you are not subscribed to Forever Dog Plus, you are missing the damn boat. Ask Julie's on it. It must be like $100 a month. Joe, it's $5 a month. What? Five dollars. Five dollars a month. Five dollars a month. There must have been a bookkeeping error. Five dollars a point. month for one person. Five dollars a month sounds like a no-brainer. Folks. Our loss is your gain. Get on Forever Dog Plus. <laughs> Ask Julie is true words uh, to to step inside the mind of Julie Klausner every week for for an extended monologue is is one of life's great pleasures. I truly love this show, um, and I look forward to to uh, getting to getting to sit down and listen to it every week. Uh, I mean. Should we bring her Let me talk. 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 Let me I'm delighted to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Are you kidding me? This is the honor. Thank you for coming. There's no more skin in the game than when Brett takes his clothes off for one of these episodes. I have seen more of Brett's nude body than... Um, I have another context, but I do enjoy I do enjoy Weekend at Bergman's. That's very kind and of I'm you. I'm delighted to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank, thank you for you being so here. This is so exciting, here. and we got two amazing films. I would really want to hear you speak on because I got questions. I know Brett's got questions. And before and before yeah. we begin, I have to acknowledge the costume element. Of yes, please. The show, and I just have one thing to say. Looking at both of you, which is Joe, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. What right. are right. you doing? Okay. Or what specifically, what are you not doing? Because Brett is dressed like a clown puppet. Thank you. And Brett, you are literally, I mean, and Joe, you are literally just wearing a suit and tie. And did you wear those sunglasses for the Matrix episode? Um, no, they I did not. But I have worn these sunglasses before in many episodes. And I've even... Okay. Folks, many. Many. Every, okay, wait. Keyword, Julie, wait, wait many. Please, please, please. I, I I do have to state my case here. I haven't repeated okay, a single go item. Go ahead. Oh, my God. Because I this dressed up costumes. like Sue Mangers. 
It's not that different oh. from what I usually wear, yeah, but okay. I did put, I do think more effort into it. Okay, well, no, you look great, and you that look makes incredible. sense. Thank you. No, you, thank you. Well, it's, it's definitely, like I said, it's not that different from what I usually wear, but I did put what looks like more thought into it than Okay, you okay, know. okay. Look, What's that, look, going on? That, How is this fair? Thank you. Oh, my gosh. Okay, first of all. And this is what I, before you answer, I have to say, this is what I, we, we most of the time we don't have guests, and I'm always in here alone with Joe, and you know how that gets, you know, when he turns up the gaslighting and turns up this and that and gets me to question myself and get all in my head. I'm always like, if there was a third person in here, I bet they would be saying exactly what Julie is saying right now. And so validating I'm glad that, I'm that glad you're doing a lot. And and Joe, you could just wear that. You could take your sunglasses. You could take you leave your sunglasses on and just go anywhere. I thought you were going to be dressed up like that stupid clown from the game. Julia, this that, is what I thought. I thought we were both going to show up as clowns, <laughs> right, and it was right, going to be this right, great right, right, moment. Right. That's very funny oh, and a good idea, and good, good, good. Thanks for texting me and putting it together. That's good. But Julie, I thought about doing that, but I have. I mean, this is just. This is. I understand. I hope it, it just doesn't come off as disrespectful to Brett listen or, to or Julie. But listen, struggling guys, to did respond. You, no, no, no. It, it comes down to this. I watched the entire game, and then I thought in my head, "Oh my fucking! I got to pick a costume out of that." And then I. Put the game back on again, and I skipped every five minutes of the of the movie looking for a thing. I saw the clown thing, and I was like, I could do the clown thing, or and I I, I threw my hands up in the air and I said, the costumes in this movie stink. If I have to watch another, Brett gets to be here's what I would do. Hold on, here's what I would do. Here's what. Let me give you. You some get insights. to be this like cl a classy, cool flick, and you pick the clown, very funny, um, with all these great costumes and all these like wonderful actors that you could pull from. The game is a terribly costumed film where just Michael Douglas is in different suits and I get stuck with the suits of the movies and I, I just can't like go buy a different suit to match all the different you characters. You could have spilled soup on it. I, I thought about that. I thought about that. But then, I, but then I, I'd actually have to like deal with the, the repercussions of my actions. Like this, James, I, I have James to my shirt. How about James Reborn at the aquarium? How about uh, Michael, James Reborn about, at the aquarium? How about, uh, how about Michael Douglas after he? Uh, you could go around outside and roll in some dirt. You could be Michael Douglas. I after, thought about that. Know, uh, under underwater, if you go Thank into you. the shower, he could be underwater when Thank he was you. in you that. Come in soaking cab. wet. I thought about all these things. These are good. I guess now I, you know, what I should do. I should, I should feel worse than I do. But you know, I feel like I look like Michael Douglas from the game. I feel like I, I wanted to be like Michael Douglas. I dressed up. I Let me my ask little you this. suit, my does, little tie does on. any movie that we've watched have more suits in it than Sweet Smell of Success? Does any movie that we've watched no. have, have more suits? Have you done Reservoir Dogs? Than Sweet no. Smell? We have not done it's Reservoir good, Dogs yet. I'll be wearing this when I when we do it, though. Don't you worry. <laughs> Don't you dare. Don't you, you worry. Dress up like, no, you dress up like a bloody ear. Thank you. Or that was, I'm... Yes. Leaving the network. Thank I want to see you. you in like a with the like Justin Timberlake in one of those SNL sketches. Yeah, you know like, what? Come on, come on down to Thank Mr. Blonde you. You know, Town. I love with it. your Honestly. face oh, just... in the that that you know how an ear has a hole. Mm -hmm. That's where your face mm -hmm. should go. Hey, you know what? I'm loving. You this. know what? I, here's what I say to you, Julie. You're right. And here's what I say. <laughs> to, and here's what I say to the fans. I'm sorry. <laughs> and here's what I say to Brett. Next time you have a funny idea with the clowns, shoot me a text. That'd be very funny. That would have been funny. I want to go in the opposite direction. I okay. think we're talking about the show too much before the show. I want to. I want to go to a just a silence. You know, no. We come in. We come in. We don't have any sense of what <laughs> you think. To okay, you, you're saying we've no, started to blur the, the lines. I'll come into your office. I'll share some thoughts about right. the film. 
Uh, and then, you know, I, I don't like the way that's going. So I think I think we go the opposite direction. I you think don't want to see the bride before the wedding. Thank you. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I think you need to not even like a first look situation. We can just check in about the puppet costume. No, I think you need to find it within yourself uh, to, 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 to get better costumes, get creative. I'm having a baby in like three weeks. I, I, Here, my, we my, the, Here we go. The, the, the budget, Here we go. The budget stretched thin, <laughs> I Julie. I heard you expressing anxiety about logging enough Bergmans, which is every first time's father's <laughs> biggest fear. I guess that just speaks to how uh, how much Committed. of a tidal wave this will be in my life. I'm Julie, completely I saw, unprepared. I saw Joe's, I'm not ready. I, I was in Joe's yeah. office today. I saw a to-do list on his desk. Number one said logging Bergmans. Number two said diapers question mark. So he's <laughs> he has he has no idea the shitstorm that is about to <laughs> befall him. All but right. I wish you the best. Thanks a lot, folks. Uh, this is just look. I, I you know I, I, I have no more expendable I, I income. I just had to say I had to say something because I knew what uh, to expect costume wise, and then when the this, zoom came up, sucks. I was still shocked. This this sucks. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I'm sorry. And uh, hopefully we can move forward and have a constructive and fun conversation about these films. And, and I hope that you know, as we speak, you might think to yourself, actually, Joe does look a lot like Michael Douglas in in the game. So we'll see. We'll see. Here's here's. Another thing, I thought you were dressed up as Sean Penn. Okay, see, there you he's go. Kind there of you like, go. He's kind of the bad guy, brother. He's kind of the badass, uh -huh. and so then I was like, oh, he'd be wearing shades. I guess, look, the shade, yeah, the shades are the shades are uh, a personal choice, folks. I think, look, <laughs> I, look, I, I've, I've apologized. I've looked down the. You look like the, Michael uh, Keaton about to do a Jack Nicholson impression. It's like two. Sounds levels. funny. It's sounds like funny. one level below. What Jack happened Nicholson. to late night? That sounds good, <laughs> folks. I'm sorry, I already apologized. Julie, I apologize to you the most. Uh, fan <laughs> second. Brett. Last. Brett, Brett last, but a close last. Don't don't feel too bad. I don't require an apology because oh, this is between you mind. and yourself. Then this Julie is... one, fans number two. My, my unborn son. <laughs> Enough two. of this bullshit. Let's talk to Julie. All right. Uh, <laughs> Julie, you... I want to do, before we get into the movies, I want to do a little. I want to I want, want to ask you some questions. This is I realize this is because uh, I was thinking like, what are we gonna do? You know, I mean, you know, we talk we talk every week. We talk about double third. We talk about this and that. And I was like, this is such an opportunity. And I realized I've got all these questions I've always wanted to ask you, and I've never had. Uh, I mean, I guess I could just could ask you, but I for some reason I never have. And this seems like a good okay. forum for it. That's fun because uh, you have been you know such a uh, the last of Sheila is a great example. Um, you've been such an influential uh, figure for me in terms of, of of just my cultural IQ. I always pick up new things from you, whether it's on Double Threat, whether it's you know going back to difficult people. Um, and uh, there's just a couple things that I wanted to dig into. Um, and I actually, I will not. I know I'm sworn to secrecy here. I I do have the Klausner Canon pulled up on my phone right now. The Holy Grail. The holy grail of movie lists. Uh, I know this is, I, I'm sworn to secrecy here. This is Julie's list of uh, her favorite films my of favorite, all time. My favorite movies, movies that I will always watch again. Wow. Always, always, always. I'm always in the mood to watch them again. I'm always in the mood to discuss them. Cool. This is such a great list. And I, I'm fascinated by like the various fault lines of the list and the different uh, genres and directors that are represented by it. Uh, so I just wanted to kind of ask a few questions I think are, are, are in your wheelhouse. Um, number one. This has nothing to do with the canon, actually. I, this is that was a poor setup, but this is something you brought up on Double Threat, and I was so excited to hear it. And I would love to hear some elaboration. My question number one for you, Julie Klausner, is why does Star Wars suck? Why does Star Wars suck? Because you, there aren't enough human faces in it. it it's mostly 
objects and <laughs> masks and people uh, in boxes. I assume there are people in boxes. Uh -huh. But I I remember when I first saw it, I thought, oh, there's a landscape. And then it zooms into two robots. And then the rest was just, um, it was just so boring to me. I, I, I couldn't really, it's hard for me to connect to characters that aren't um, presenting as human beings, I guess. Or don't do a lot. So um, what about Obi-Wan Kenobi? Yeah. All right, he's there. just checking. He's just there. Quick, I, I like I like check. Carrie Fisher in it just fine. Right. I yep. liked um I like Chewbacca because I like dogs. Okay. Um, but um I just couldn't I I I, who fucking cares? Um, I, I uh, wonder yeah. if there's any men on the internet who could correct my yeah. opinion, but I <laughs> I hope there is, but I just... Brian, I, I, let's I go ahead and clip Julie saying why she doesn't like Star Wars and go ahead and tweet her right at her. Thanks so much. Yeah, yeah, Put that I'd on love Reddit to engage. For, promote the show, I, thanks. I really, I really wish someone would, you know, tell me if I was wrong about this, but I just don't... <laughs> I don't. I don't get why it's so popular. Let's well. Let's get. Well, let's get fair. the momentum going in the opposite direction. Because the reason I asked is I felt. I. I. I always feel very alone with that opinion. I. I don't see. I. And again, I think Star Wars. It's just sort of like a. It, it's just sort of like a 1970s B sci-fi movie. I, like it's like if it had yeah. just sort of been that, I would have been. None of this. None of this would have happened. But just this. Like this. Yeah, it kind of. It kind of seems like something. If you were gonna play with like a like a seven-year-old boy and he had figures or dolls he'd make up that story yeah i think that's you why, know what i mean i think that's why people like it you know it's like they get to just be like a little boy you know for an hour and a half and they yeah, love they i love was that never i was never a little boy i i was a i was a little girl whose barbies had like very distinctive story arcs and <laughs> i couldn't play with other kids because uh -huh. they would come over and they would try to have my Barbies say things and I would take the Barbies away and I'd say she would never say that. Okay. Well, I love that. That sounds they were very in interesting. Two, they were in two rival families. Like there was a town, like there was a mayor. Like there, there are things. That's amazing. Wait, there was like a whole extended universe. Oh, that's great. Well, that's the thing yeah. is, like, no one's ever been prouder of just the most basic-ass story structure than George Lucas. He acts like it's some sort of philosophical truth he's discovered. It's just the most basic, like, the hero's journey, all that stuff. Who is that? Who who finds that interesting? There's no complexity to it. There's no nuance. Seven-year-olds. Seven yeah, but that's not what... Come on. But don't Star they Wars just like the stuff... Don't they just like stuff exploding? Yeah, wait, isn't well, that there? I, I I'll just say this just for the just for to say it. I really like Star Wars, mm -hmm. and I really like the next one, and I even I haven't seen it in a million years, but I you know the third one, the Return of the Jedi, great, and all the prequels, you know, bad, and then all the Disney Plus stuff, you know, bad unless you are like interested in seeing some Star Wars stuff with some good moments. I I, I like. Mandalorian season two. I liked it, folks. I watched it. I'll just be honest. And uh, and the fact that I think what's really cool about Star Wars is all of the, the extended universe, like books, like hundreds of books that Disney <sighs> threw see, away. This is my problem. That with stuff's it. cool. Like that's like yeah. uh, that's like original, like fan fiction-y sort of people can just take it and run with it. And I find the whole franchise, you know, ultimately, I guess if I had to put a critical lens to it, bad. It just seems to be like it's like it's like air. It's like such a part of our thing, though, that you know. It doesn't bother yeah. me. There's a new one coming out. I'm just, I'm the kind of loser that if it's late enough at night, I will toss right. on. I will toss on. I'm just like, that's yeah. the kind of, when I need my dumb, 
That's one of my favorite kinds of dumbs. Everyone has their be beautiful dumbs. I love that beautiful dumb. And the original Star Wars and and um, and the Empire Strikes Back. I really love. I really do love those movies. Just like just last week on Bergman's though, Brett asked Jaws or Star Wars. Immediately Jaws. I'm not saying it's some, the greatest movie of all time. I'm just saying I like Star Wars and I I, I really like Star Wars and I really like Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Uh, and, th and I just want to say that's in me. terms of something being air, you know, you guys have a. You should check your smog. <laughs> Okay. Because something gets more and more polluted or carbon monoxide, odorless, tasteless, next morning, too late. Oh, man. So, All right. yes, we are surrounded <laughs> by air until one day. It's uh, a great point. It's a great point. You know, I guess I'm just, it's too late for me. I just like, oh, hey, look, ship is you're, sailed. Andor, you're, September 8th. The, I'm like, okay, guess September 8th. I'm watching Andor at 11 p.m. The, good, the good news is you've got lots of stuff to watch. You know, I want fan fiction about... Dr. Oren Scavello, a.k.a. the dentist from Little Shop of Horrors, <laughs> going on adventures with the Bill Murray masochist character. Oh, and is there a fan, is there erotic fan fiction about those two online? Yes. Mm -hmm. Have I read it? Yes. <laughs> is it limited? Oh, yes. Okay. You can't, uh, you, you yeah. don't. It's not on Disney Plus. Right. There aren't. No, it's fair. It's th that spinoffs that... around that world. And I would love I would love more of that. Yeah. I, I agree. See, that th there's there is an aspect of jealousy because I would love for once for one of the, one of the things that I truly love to just be fully franchised. I Absolutely. Mean, if they like, you know, if 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 Sexy Beast with Ray Winstone got franchised <laughs> yes. and every character hey, got well, their no, own never movie, an argument for me, man. And there's sequels and there's prequels, yeah. I'd be in I'd be in I'd be in heaven. Yeah, but that'd be great. Everything that gets franchised is just of no interest to me, and then so you just have this expanding, these expanding, um, uh, uh, like you know, you know, megaliths of yeah. these different franchises yeah. that just take up so much space and so much bandwidth. And no, I don't give a no shit about any of about it. About that, the question was: Do you like Star Wars? The I answer know, is I yes. Know, you know, know. not okay. do you like how Star Wars? You know, in the fifty years devoured of, of, of the, the yeah, culture. Right. Yeah. No, I don't like that. Right. What, uh, what Julie said sounds incredible. I would love to see a, a Disney Plus show about that. That All sounds right. great. Yeah. All right, let's stop wasting Julie's time with Star Wars. Julie, if if one was to argue that Jackie Brown is the best Tarantino movie, how would they make that argument? They would show that Pam Greer and Robert Forster don't just bring their careers back in that kind of cynical way that people always say, you know, Tarantino is getting attention by reviving like, you know, people that are washed up, but they would also point to, I think, two of the best performances of all time and showing what characters are like in middle age that do think that they're past their time and are still able to kind of come back from that, like, you know, that that myth of there's no act two in American lives. All there are are act twos, are act, you know, are comebacks. And I think that those are two characters that are able to experience it and act it out. And I just think watching those two interact with each other is one of the great privileges we've ever had as a culture, Tarantino or not. Oh, good answer. That's a great answer. I love Jackie Brown. Um, uh, like even just the execution of the mall scene at the end is just yeah. so fun. It's just like... 
And people are talking about that from the Better Call Saul episode they just did. Better Call Mall, I guess, if you want to be a (laughs) dork, just say what I said. But but the funny thing about that, too, is Robert Forster. Remember, there was a connection with Robert Forster where he calls Robert Forster at one point. He was the uh, electron, like the uh, sort of vacuum cleaner, vacuum repairman. Yeah, yeah. And then he's like, never mind, I'll take care of this myself. And if I take care of this, he means I'm going to make a little Jackie Brown myself, which I thought was really cool. Um, I love Jackie Brown. I think about it all the time. Also, one of the best Samuel Jackson performances of all time. Absolutely. And I think, like, I get the comparison with Better Call Saul, but the, the, the way they shoot that scene, you, you feel like you're in a spy movie or a thriller. Like, the thing I always like about Jackie Brown. Yeah, the Brown, stakes are high. Yeah, it's like you feel like you're. I've never felt more like I'm in a mall than Jackie Brown, which is such a kind of mm. like, you know, because I, I always feel like, you know, it, Tarantino always has an instinct to heighten, but just his, his like, he just, like, had a moment with that movie where all the instincts got like sort of softened a little bit and character comes, you know, oh. to the forefront a little bit more. And the performances are, are like you said, so phenomenal. Uh, yeah. Jackie Brown and, is just always a rewatch for me. It's and leave it movie. and leave it to Pam Greer to sit in a food court and look like, yes, you know, Lauren Bacall yeah. in a bar in a noir, <laughs> you know, it's a food court. There's a plastic tray yeah. and no one's ever looked cooler um, Amen. That's than her awesome. in that Kangle hat. I mean, oh, oh my God. Yeah, you're right. And, uh, you know, we, we always want uh, uh, Pam Greer to, you know, get as much work in many roles as possible. Do you, do you think, I mean, is it an injustice that she didn't get, you know, like what Tarantino, or sorry, Tarantino, what John Travolta got after Pulp Fiction? Uh, is it injustice that Pam Greer didn't get the same treatment from Hollywood? Uh, or as a fan of Jackie Brown, do you just treasure that one performance and not like stress over, you know, the fact that she didn't get to be in phenomenon or, you know, et cetera. Of course it's an injustice, but I, I read today she's in a new movie. She was just cast in something and I follow her on Twitter and she tweets about horses and her PhD and she was on the L word and she's around. I mean, she, when she first read that script, she said, am I supposed to be playing Melanie? And he said, no, you're the lead. And I mean, I just wish I could have been there to see her face. Wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, Joe, do you have a question? I got a couple more, but do you have one? No, I'd love to hear yours. Go okay. ahead. I'll, we'll hit mine later. Um, uh, old movies. Uh, Julie, I know uh, from talking to you and, and from following you on Twitter, uh, you are, um, I want to tread lightly here and let you kind of define your relationship here. Uh, TCM, Turner Classic Movies. Uh, would you say that you are, you know, you're all in on TCM, you have a kind of complicated obsession with it? Like, what is, like, what is the, what is, what is your dynamic with TCM and that sort of catalog of movies? I'm, I'm fascinated by what they choose to run. And I always think that that's something that I think is interesting about your guys' show too, because I think your definition of highbrow is changing very rapidly yeah, in the course yeah. of, you know, having started this show not very long ago, <laughs> when I saw that you were doing uh-huh. nope and signs, I was like, wait, which is which? And and I don't mean that as an insult in any way, but I, um, I'm always delighted when I see the Garbage Pail Kids movie is playing on TCM. I always think that's like, or, you know, whenever like John Waters gets a movie on, that always makes me excited, but it, it, Listen, any anyone that is playing stuff that you wouldn't ordinarily see uncut is terrific. Now, did I get Legionnaire's disease from one of the bottles of wine they sent me when I was in their wine club? It's impossible to say. It's impossible to say. All right, breaking news Um, here on Bergman's. Damn. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I I did go on 
the cruise. Um, and I was the, um, like, like 70% of the people on the cruise died of natural causes. What? So, yeah. They're very elderly people. Yeah. So there was actually like a bonding moment. It was supposed to be water aerobics, but we just sort of like <laughs> gently pushed all the, you know, all the people who had passed away out to sea and it became an at sea burial. That's so really... I was really happy to be a part of it. Okay. That's great. And that's then great. we all watched um, uh, Philadelphia Story. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it, de- it depends on it depends on what they're they're showing. But I'm I'm so glad TCM exists. That's it. Ultimately, it's okay. always oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. Yeah, I've been a lifelong fan. And look, uh, you know, I don't want to brag, but that is an Atlanta product. So you're welcome. Uh, you're welcome. Yeah. Uh, thank you, thank you, Brett. And I remember they used to. Now it's all over the place. The the classic movie festival they do in LA, they do it all over the place. Uh, one of the first ones was in Athens, though. Uh, and I remember going and seeing, honestly, seeing Robert Osborne was like seeing a cool. like a wow. celebrity. Yeah, it was. Uh, I was. Uh, yeah, you were starstruck. I was starstruck. Uh, he introduced the um, the Mar- have you ever seen the Marlena Dietrich documentary that Maximilian no, Schell directed? No, oh, it's I have so not. Good. It's so good because she uh, she's she's later in life uh, she's retired from acting uh, and she refused to be on camera. So like yeah, the camera is like just Betty in Page. her apartment and you hear her off screen. But he does such a great job of like shooting like making her come alive mm-hmm. through her apartment and through like her shadows on the wall. And she just talks shit about everybody. It's incredible. It's yeah. an incredible it's documentary. It's been exactly yeah. like me in the last three years. I come alive in my apartment and I'm through shadows and I talk shit about everybody. <laughs> but unfortunately, there's no one making a documentary about it. You know, we used to have Robert Osborne, but now we have these hunks like yeah. Ben Mankiewicz who wears Oof. these cut off shorts. You know, have you seen him with these cut off shorts yeah. and these T-shirts that end right before the navel? Looks good. And these aerodynamic haircuts. I mean, I don't even know how anybody yes. gets their hair and he, to do and, that. and then Eddie Mueller just wears a tool belt, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, there is a. Uh, you you watch a lot of TCM, Joe? Well, I mean, you know, now it's on HBO Max. You know, but I, I guess I, I can't remember the last time I was. That's like, the hub. You're, you're on the hub on when the you hub. click on the hub. Oh, you gotta love the hub. I, I, I absolutely do. I'm thrilled it's there. Make, that's why HBO Max is, you know, probably the best of, of them all. Ooh, I don't do tell Christopher love, Nolan. I do love that. Sorry, yeah, sorry, Chris. I do love that edition. I can't remember the last time I had. I guess it was like cable television playing in my like house, maybe like a decade yeah. ago. But like, I miss like. For, for TCM and many other channels where you just, the it's like when you hear a song on the radio, you know, it's just, yep. so, it's so much better that way. In You're the like, wild. Oh in my the wild. God, it's on. And streaming has taken that away. But regardless, I mean, the catalog is exciting. Even and over on HBO Max, yeah, TCM's the best. The curation tons, tons, of the hub great. is interesting. It's great. Yeah. What they consider like a classic. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, they're, yeah, very loose. Bergman's ass. Very in their loose. looseness with the classics. Yeah. Looser than Ben Mankiewicz's cutoffs, <laughs> wow. which are getting looser every <laughs> week. <laughs> I'm I'm shocked at what they're showing yeah. in those interstitials now. Absolutely. It's filthy. Um uh, two more questions here, and then we'll get into our movies. Uh, Julie, uh, which James Urbaniak role made you want to cast him as your partner in Difficult People? And was it when he played Crumb in American Splendor? I was blown away by his performance as Crumb in American Splendor, but I would be lying if I told you that seeing him in Henry Fool didn't make me think, who is that? Yeah. Um, And then I would, you know, see him as character, like roles and other things and playing creeps and stuff. But I just remember thinking like, that guy is incredible. And I wrote that role for him specifically. That's awesome. Very cool. That's awesome. Um, and I mean, Henry Fool kind of, I mean, does it sort of, 
because that was the first thing I remember seeing him in as well. Does it end up being sort of uh, a stand? Like, it does it? I have no memory of Henry Fool except for him in it. Because <laughs> I like, don't, no, I, I, I can't call myself a Hal Hartley, uh, like super fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I really respect what he does, um, and especially like his his casting. I think is really interesting. Like who he, because didn't he do that one with Martin Donovan also? Who yeah. I would, you know, I, I would like walk across a. Yeah. Desert for absolutely <laughs> a lot of par- lot of Parker Posey, um, mm-hmm. uh, Sarah Polly, uh, I think. Hey. Uh, yeah, Come yeah, on. he's he's interesting. He's not like my favorite flavor. If I was at Baskin Robbins, you know, I wouldn't put him at like the first five sherbet flavors. Mm-hmm. A lot no. of sherbet options at Baskin still. Mm-hmm. Just so everyone knows that there's a lot more than you'd think. Yeah, yeah. so there's like six. I ordered rainbow. Like, six is a lot. Yeah, that even even one is a lot. Yeah, that's fair. That's fine. That's true. You know, you can do a deal on a uh, Grubhub where Baskin Robbins will bring you uh, two uh, <laughs> gallons of ice cream. Brad uh, used to be two... like a foodie, and now he's ordering from I, I Wendy's just... and Baskin Robbins. What? Delivery. Sorry, Julie. When was he delivery. a fo- when was he a foodie? He was constantly talking about. Making these marinades. Oh, the man's a chef. How he well, that, that's facts. Yeah. He's... Oh, so he eats trash, but he makes. Yes. That, that's, that's one way to put it. That's one way to put it. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. No, okay. no. He, he, he's a chef. No, the only the it, only yeah. pleasure I get out of cooking is 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 serving it to other people. I don't I don't really like if it's just if I'm left to my own devices. Right. Wendy's baby. Oh yeah, all day. This, yeah. this interesting. Mf okay. loves Wendy's, as you know. Well, it's like, the best fast food chain in America. Is it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. that's the most creative menu. Podcast, but I mean, I would like to hear legit salads. Yeah. Who goes? Who goes as hard <laughs> at a salad? Salads. Who cares? <laughs> who goes harder at a salad? But but like interesting salads, like kind of like you know seasonal. They switch right. it up. All right. <laughs> Last question for you, Julian. Then we'll get into the movies. Uh, of course, I had to ask you about John Waters, and um, my question is: uh, Is John Waters so good at 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 kitsch, at trash, at everything he does well? Do you ever find it hard to come back from John Waters and take other things seriously? Is he so good at what he does that he kind of um, destroys uh, uh, the pleasure of other things? Like, uh, <laughs> is it hard to take things seriously? Is it hard to, like, watch things that are kind of sincere or dramatic? Does he does he kind of explode the whole thing? Or can you – is it easy for you to just appreciate him in isolation? Well, it's challenging because it's almost like when you hear – when there's an album you like or a band you like and they've only put out a couple albums and you're just desperate for what's another album like that and oh that's like Steve Buscemi's line in Ghost World like there are no albums like that (laughs) there's kind of a a similar thing with with John Waters but that's when you have to turn to like whatever happened to Baby Jane the bad seed like things that he talks about that influenced him and then you go back and you mm. think, oh, my God, I sort of have seen this before and that he's quoting it, but he's obviously doing it in his own, like, original way. But I think that, you know, I, I think that John Waters movies are not often talked enough in the context. They're not they're not spoken about in the same way that, like, they should just be in the comedy canon and not in the queer or cult canon necessarily. Absolutely. Like, I think at this point, if someone hasn't seen well pink flamingos is rough because like i wouldn't ask anybody to see pink flamingos in the same way that i wouldn't ask anybody it'd be like why haven't you ridden a roller coaster like it's just not for everybody (laughs) but um 
But I was thinking about this in terms of like, like if you haven't seen whatever happened to baby Jane, it should be as weird as if you've never seen Anchorman. Yeah. yeah. Like that, th there are certain things in the comedy canon that I think people need to integrate. And in John Waters case, obviously like the early films are like very, very strong flavors, but Hairspray, I think should just be on everyone's, I'd like to think of it as a Christmas movie. Yeah. It's like, it, it should be on every year. You watch it once a year. It makes you feel good. You feel good about, you know, human beings for a second. And then you go back to your lives. Yeah. That's my, um, that's my attitude about like late John Waters, early John Waters. Like, I, I think like, I guess you just gotta be cool enough. You gotta be cool. enough. <laughs> he's, all, he's so good though. I mean, it's, best. it's, uh, cause I, I keep. I think it is in Pink Flamingos, but uh, you had me for Astral. You had me pull uh, a line from a <laughs> divine speech, and yes. I went and I and I I literally have watched the video. Yeah, of the press conference scene is so unreal, funny. unreal. Yeah, it's yeah. so it's so funny. The yeah. delivery, top to bottom, just everything is perfect. Well, the delivery was all him doing line readings for okay. everyone, just being like, "Do it like this," yeah. in the same way that you know he was in his bedroom typing it out loud and hearing it in his head, and so. You know, no one was able to <laughs> offer their own interpretations. They're all just doing John's like, you know, line reads. Well, that's fascinating. He had a very specific idea about it. This is something I've, I've always wondered too. Do you? What was the line like? To what extent was John Waters a Svengali for Divine, or to what extent was that? You know, like, it, like I've always wondered what the line there is because then you'll see like interviews with Divine, uh, kind of out of character, and it's like, oh, I want like. Was did Waters kind of just like yeah. I don't know? I'm always yeah. wondering about the lines there. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a really interesting relationship because they really did grow up together. They were kids together, and Divine was you know picked on in school, and yeah. John really, you know, John was always John, John was just the Svengali period. Like yeah. he yeah. would have yeah. been a cult leader if he chose to. If he wanted to be Charles Manson, he could have been. Um, he so he was just like I'm going to use you as my muse, and I'm going to put you in my movies. I mean, the sad answer is. We'll really never know what Divine got to do because I think he was like 43 when yeah, he died. Yeah, yeah. He was just about to like wow. do a guest starring role on Married with Children. And, you know, he was doing like he's in that. What is that? That neo-noir we were talking about is like a like a gangster, like oh, like a mob boss in it. Yeah. He had a small part like and he did Lust in the Dust. So like he was beginning to get work as a character actor. Yeah. But Divine is very much his own person. And but but he was one of John's friends and yeah. John made him a star. And then Van Smith gave him a look, um, which is super important, because if you look at multiple maniacs, you're like, who's that? And it's yeah. like, well, that's mm -hmm. Divine, but she's not Divine yet. Right. Um, that is but um, their 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 friendship is really beautiful and also very straightforward. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Trouble in Mind, I think, was the yeah yeah the not, uh, not, the, not the most not the most exciting movie. I remember being like, let's get to the part where Divine is in it and wearing that giant diamond stud earring, and <laughs> yes. it was great to see him act. And you know, he's a great actor. I I, I yeah. wish he'd lived to do more. Yeah, such a good point about John Waters and comedy and how you have to kind of discover him in a roundabout fashion when you finally like hear, you know, when you're young and some cool people are talking about him. You don't know what they're talking about. That's how I came to John Waters. And I was yeah. like obsessed with comedy. But what that means when you're in 10th grade is I got the Chris Farley DVD for the SNL skits. Yeah. Sure. And, you know, that, I, you know, and then you go, oh, which Monty I know Python. very well, too. And I and I love, you know, but you're right. It is yeah, a privilege too. to be exposed to the right people. It's it, Yeah. And it wasn't until, you know, just later or meeting 
Brett and my friends Alex and other film lovers where I got to see these John Waters movies. And those movies just like completely and totally open you up. Like I spend every movie before it starts, just like when 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 it's just the title cards come up. And then there's no thrill like when you see a John Waters movie that you haven't seen oh. before where you're like, yeah. what the fuck is he going yeah. to do? You hear the music I cannot is from his record collection and he always finds like the most disgusting place to put I, his own name. And, and you just really want to grab somebody in the other room every minute of his films and point to the TV and be like, look, look at what he's doing. Is this the funniest thing you've ever seen? Like, it's or this is the cr- like, look at this guy. Like, you know, he really is like really inspiring. And. Uh, yes. I, I wish if could if comedy first of all a comedy barely exists anymore but b if it does exist it certainly doesn't have any gumption or creativity or uh, the risk factor has been zapped out of so much of it and that's why his movies will live forever is because uh, people don't who who's going to take risks like that you know ever again I mean I know some artists and some amazing people but they don't you know um, they're far and few between anyway um, I love John Waters I love hearing you talk about John Waters oh. Julie and um, oh. we're uh, lucky yeah. to. We're we're yeah. lucky to still have them. I just got yeah. the Criterion, the new Pink Flamingos reissue. Cause it's what is it like forty years? Wow, it came out in seventy two. Oh I love same, that movie. Same what, what, year as like Cabaret and Godfather. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. When, when Pink Flamingos, um, when I was younger, and when you're like twenty, all you want is someone to just like rock your just shake you yeah. senseless with depravity, or just yeah. like you know like oh like. When you're like 17 ish, you're like, oh, Clockwork Orange, that'll F me up. And it's like, okay, right. that's just disgusting and just kind of like, it's right. not But like the most important thing to know with this is it's just, it's just funny. Like, all you need to know But then you watch Pink Flamingos. All you need to know is funny. You learn so much about comics from it. You learn so much just about the basics of comedy. And I think, I think Julia alluded to this, but yeah, I think his, the ongoing classification or cultural understanding of John Waters as like, you know, Cult or inaccessible or extreme, or in or the this. Uh, frankly, you know, not to mince words, like in the gay ghetto. Well, that's and, it. Like, is it? It has more to do, I think, with being a queer filmmaker than the actual absolutely. content of the movies. Where, like, you yep. watch them, and it's like, man, this is like, there is just like, this is accessible from a very young age in terms of what's going on here and why it's funny and like, and I think also like, I think people are smart enough too from a young age to get like the the lines of it and like the different you know things that are going on. And like, yeah, that's somebody I wish I would have discovered earlier because I feel like I would have fucking loved him yeah, in high school. And yeah. Think about like the like the internet and like what goes on there, and people think is the crazy and what is interesting, and and uh, I don't know, just um, it isn't nine times out of ten. And these films are like endlessly shocking, funny, interesting, beautiful. Forty, fifty years later, pre-internet, pre any of this. Uh, the reason I mentioned the internet is I just find some of his early films specifically to be just so. Uh, energetic, chaotic, independent, yeah. mm-hmm. um, you know, um, do-it-yourself uh, mm-hmm. attitude that, you know, people th- is, is on the internet all the time and you just never find that kind of a creativity or, or gutsiness. And, well, you know, this will transition beautifully because he, go. and Steven, he and Steven Sondheim are my all-time idols. Okay. Those two are, in my opinion, very, very different geniuses, but I don't think there's anyone... I, I consider Stephen Stonheim to be the greatest genius of the twenty the oh twentieth century. Like fuck Picasso, fuck his predecessors, yes. Rogers and Hammerstein. Like any of that, I don't think anybody anybody was more brilliant than well, Stephen I mean, Sondheim, who co-wrote one of these movies we're about to talk about. Yes, and we're, let's let's do it. Let's do less less of Sheila. But Julie, I would just love to hear you make your case on Sondheim on the pod for why he's the greatest. Greatest artist. Yeah, let's of the get 20th into century. it. Yeah, let's circle that. back after we talk yeah. about Last of Shield. Okay, let's bit. do a little. Uh, Absolutely. 
Hi everybody, Tim Heidecker here. We have a brand new Office Hours that just came out of the oven. We've got legendary psych rocker Ty Siegel. And Doug is back from down under. G'day. G'day. And his mommy came with him. Mommy and Gary Lusenhop are here too. Alicia let me know that she finished the White Album, has thoughts on that. So much more on this legendary episode of Office Hours. Find us on your podcast app of choice or watch us on YouTube at youtube.com slash office hours live. So who are the animals? Because I don't smell them. Because uh, so this, so last year it came out in 1973. It was directed by uh, Herbert Ross, who we encountered previously because he directed us, us, uh, Secret of My yes. Success. <laughs> Which, look, Herbert, take, take, yeah. the pay, I, take the paycheck, I, I, baby. I, I, no, no, whatever. no worries. No he had worries. a long career. He was working, whatever. right? Yes. He had a long career. Yes. yes. Yeah. Uh, but a fascinating filmography. I mean, he did so yeah, many right. interesting things. I'm not going to list them out. We listed them out for this uh, when we did Sweet Smell of Success. Uh, but a really interesting filmography. Uh, he's our first two-time director. Sorry. Just, he's, he's, Herbert he's Ross is our first two-time Really? Yeah, yeah. Our first double dip, yeah. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. Uh, written by uh, Stephen Sondheim and Anthony Perkins, as we've said, uh, starring James Coburn, uh, Diane Cannon, James Mason, Richard Benjamin, Joan Hackett, Raquel Welch, uh, and a young Ian McShane. Wow. Um, Hot. I I uh, discovered this movie because of you, Julie. How did you discover this movie? It's my favorite movie. It was one of my dad's favorite movies. Oh wow! I I remember he rented it for me when I was little, and the puppet thing scared the shit out of me because it's an insane jump scare <laughs> yeah. that is so so good. Yeah. Um, but uh, my dad my dad introduced me to Sondheim, and my dad like just said this is a great movie, and I, I remember like they would go out Saturday nights, and I'd like watch a movie. They would get me something from. Well, before Blockbuster, there was Video Ranger. A guy named Ivan worked there, and there were those saloon doors in the back that I feel like <laughs> Ivan probably oh, spent a lot of time populating. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but no, he just brought it home, and he was just like, "This is a great movie. Enjoy it." And wow. boy, did I ever! And then I have um, a couple of friends that you know when you meet someone and then you go to their house and they have a Last of Sheila poster in their living room and you're like, you're my best friend forever now. That's me and my friend Jesse. Cool. And it's definitely like, um, uh, anyway, yeah, that's that's how I that's how I was turned on to it. But um, I've seen it a million times since then and it's absolutely, it's like one of my like top five favorite movies awesome. or top 10. It's, it's just, I love it so much. This was such a thrilling discovery. I watched it for the first time uh, during quarantine at, at your recommendation and was just blown away. I mean, you get to a point where you think, you know, you sort of, you know, there's like, oh, there's there's movies I haven't seen and I kind of get what they're about. But like, it's you get to a point where it's rare to just be taken so off guard by a movie and so blown away by it. Um, smarter and, than you. Isn't that exciting? Yes, it's so exciting. something and you're just like, I... <sighs> I'm in your hands because you yeah. know what you're doing. And I thought I knew what I, but boy, am I dumb. You are smart. <laughs> it's such a thrill. And uh, Joe, let's get one of your, you got your hands full with this one today, but let's get one of your classic 60 second reviews for the people who have not seen this movie uh, or need a little refresher on it. Uh, and then we'll, we'll dive into it in more detail. Uh, and Joe, was this the first time you'd seen this it? This was the first time I've ever seen this film. Did you like it? I liked it immensely. I liked it very, Good. very much. Good. Um, and thank, yeah, thank you both, because I've never seen it. And I love a murder mystery. Yeah, I'm ready. Here we go. 60 seconds on the clock, starting now. All right. Um, a big-time Hollywood producer's wife is killed, Sheila, in a hit-and-run accident. A year later, six people who attended that party, an agent, an actor, her 
manager husband. He prepped. He prepped for this one. Uh, no, I. Uh, <laughs> you just jinxed me. And some other assorted Hollywood folk all go on his mega yacht, and they sit around for a week of what is promised to be a game, a sexy, fun little game. Or I added sexy. There was no promise of it being sexy. A cool little game. Anyway, they all get there in the game. They're all each given a card, and on the card is some sort of crime. And what they learn is that these seconds. weren't just made up crimes by that producer. They were real secrets that some other attendees of the parties had. And then the game commences. Murder ensues, and it turns into a mix em up Hollywood whodunit for the ages. Stylish and sexy. I love The Last of Sheila. Oh, there we go. We With two seconds to spare. <laughs> All right. Um, and this uh so the 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 origin of this of this screenplay was Sondheim and Perkins would create these type of games, these type of scavenger hunts this for their friends. This is the most fascinating thing about The Last of Sheila, which is just an incredible movie in its own right. But the origin story of it is, I think as interesting as the movie, yeah. which is that Tony Perkins and Steve Sondheim for fun used to make these crazy scavenger hunts in New York city. And they'd invite their friends like George Siegel would go on them and they would um, like, I remember there was one clue where there was like, they went into a room and there was a skipping record. It yeah. was like Frank Sinatra saying like, I was one half more past one, uh, five, half one, past five. I think it was, was one, it? one for my baby by Johnny Mercer. Uh, was it says there something it, that was like half past? Yeah, it says it's quarter to three. It's quarter to three. Quarter to three. So then they would go to room 245 yeah. in a hotel. Like shit like that where you're like, wow, it's so smart and cool. And imagine yeah. having nerdy friends that would set that kind of stuff up for you. Um, yeah, this really happened. Coke. This really happened. This This movie, which seems so just sort of like... It's just so fanciful and it's so funny and it's like it's but like they were really doing this in real life. They were doing these games. They were doing these scavenger right. hunts. Um, and it doesn't I mean, it, I think it totally transcends this. But it's like this is also one of the pleasures for me. It is such a like insider show busy movie like all the characters I was reading represent. Uh, you know, talent agents they knew or different actors or actresses. Uh, there's such a like fun insider show busy thing where you feel like there's references you're not getting. Uh, I like I, I it's it's just one pleasure out of many pleasures. Uh, but I did enjoy that because they're all hanging out. It's like a movie that a bunch of friends made. Uh, and it has that it has that fun friend energy to it, that fun friend group energy to it. And it ends with the song Friends by Bette Midler, which was for this movie, I believe, it was the first time it was. Oh, really? Yeah. Released as a I single. Um, a such surprise. a great song. But yeah, apparently like the Raquel Welch role was written like it was just like making fun of her, but she didn't know. Is that true? Do you have yes. that in your notes? Yeah, she yeah. was kind yeah, of, yeah. it seemed like was one of the outliers uh, in the cast was maybe, I, I don't know, brought in. Uh, I mean, because she was what, coming off of like Myra Breckenridge at this point. What, uh, whatever yeah. whatever it is, I would just say counterpoint, yeah. she's Raquel Welch. Thank you. So yeah. anything yeah, Joe yeah. said with the word sexy in it in the last, you know, couple of minutes, I, I, I'm just crazy about her. So yeah, yeah and whether a, or not she got along with everyone else, I'm so glad she's in this movie. And an underrated right. uh, filmography, I think. Uh, I mean, you know, Bedazzled, uh, Myra Breckenridge. Love, this, I mean, I mean, Bedazzled. I think, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, she's like an all-time iconic sex symbol, but like just mm -hmm. took some really cool, yeah. weird roles, weird movies. This being like, one yeah, of them. Yes. This is a cool, yeah. weird movie. I love. Yeah. yeah. 
I'm crazy about her. I'm crazy about Diane Cannon's performance in this. She's definitely oh, like too. my favorite to watch of anyone in the ensemble. Me too. She is just kills it. Oh, so good. And James Mason as well is also like put his whole pussy into it for yes, sure. Exactly. Exactly. No, they 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 really did. It really, you know, what we get these days and these days now. I'm gonna like we, you know, so rarely do we get. Um, sexy Hollywood ensemble doing like a vacation-y movie where they're having fun and we're having fun and it's all like kind of for fun. So I guess what I'm thinking yeah. in my head is is we get like Ocean's 12, which is like so like, it's like too much. It's like, okay, well like don't have that much fun in front of us, okay? Like have like a, a, an appropriately sexy level of fun. But in, in something about old Hollywood, when they played these like little games with themselves and had these cute little like things, they come off as so like arresting and charming and I'm so nostalgic for them and I crave them, but I can't help to think that if like Jared Leto played a, one of his crazy sexy little games we would all I mean he's an extreme example but how about someone just totally benign where it's like hey did you hear that uh uh uh, uh Colin Trevorrow uh, makes a little like <laughs> mysteries for like his friends also nobody wants to watch the movie where like Richard Kind and George Clooney are like pranking each other yeah, yeah. <laughs> no I, I don't care about that yeah. but but this movie time and place is everything and the performances are fun are are are, are really um they really put you right in it, and they really, um, they do really read real, real the life, you know, in like a well, fun Di way. Well, Diane Cannon yeah. was my favorite performance no, as too. well, and she's based on uh, uh, Sue Menger's talent agent, Sue Menger's, mm -hmm. who Julie is channeling uh, flawlessly right now. Uh, and Sue Menger's was the, uh, I mean, she basically ran Hollywood in the seventies. Really quickly, sorry, this client list is insane. Sue Menger's was a talent agent. Her clients included Michael Caine, Candace Bergen, Bob Fosse, Faye Dunaway, Peter Bogdanovich, Gene Hackman, Sidney Lumet, Steve McQueen, Mike Nichols, Cher, and Barbara Streisand. Damn. Uh, and this is, I have to share this anecdote. Jesus. Shortly after the Tate LaBianca murders, Menger's reportedly reassured Barbara Streisand, "Don't worry, honey, stars aren't being murdered. Only featured players." Was a was a which was. <laughs> The quote that somehow ended up in Sue Menger's obituary, so I had to uh, had to had to relate that. But yeah, there's so much uh, fun being had in this movie. Um, but there's also like they, I think, unlike you know, Ocean's Eleven, I think is actually an interesting comparison because unlike that, at a point the fun stops and the movie starts to kind of like really dig into the dynamics of this type of friend group and. There is such an interesting when all the secrets start coming out because you get the sense that this friend group is so candid with each other, but it's a, it's a very specific type of candor where it's just based on like insult comedy and and like you know and like they always are like making fun of each other in these really devastating ways, uh, and like that sort of like that's a certain type of familiarity, but then you find out that they really don't know anything about each other. There are all these like secrets that they're keeping from each other that nobody knows. Uh, and so by the end of the movie, they kind of all seem like strangers. They're all kind of looking at each other like, you know, you did what? You, yeah. Who is it? Like, so I think it's, it's a movie that like, um, is sort of in, is like investigating itself or is interested in itself and is not just, uh, it has that fun, it just has the fun energy of a, of a friend group fucking around and making a movie, but then, they, man, they go deep with it, they go oh, deep yeah. with everything. No, it's, it's so much, layered, it's so nuanced. It no, way. I think it's yeah, interesting yeah, as, I, a, as a comparison, uh, though. Um, and, they are, yeah. like, but in a, in the other, on the other side of that, like, they're roasting each other and backstabbing each other and being dicks to each other and giving each other the business. But then at the end, not to give anything away, but when there's a project they're all excited about, all of a sudden they're playing in perfect harmony yes. because yeah. everyone's yeah. like really, really excited about the project. Yeah. And that's yeah. sort of why we're in the biz. And it's that friend group thing too, where they all kind of like, I feel like they all kind of secretly 
hope for each other's downfall. Like there's a lot of Schadenfreude. Yeah. There's oh, a lot of Schadenfreude. Send up of that, yeah, of Hollywood and how it's exactly. hollowness and the depravity and but it, but it's but the movie's not so self serious or so miserable that that's not fun too. Um, so I I I, I loved all of their. I love an ensemble. And I love a murder mystery where the ensemble is basically gets to stay together for most of it. And we're not killing off some of my favorite actors yep. like halfway through the film. Like mostly everybody gets to kind of stay alive. Actually, everybody, essentially. Um, murder for as far as murder mysteries go, I guess I'm calling it a murder mystery. I know it's not like technically a murder mystery, but it really kind of don't you feel like it kind of follows like it, it's based on. It hangs it's it's like yeah. the ultimate. Yeah. I think it's the ultimate murder yeah. mystery. Yeah. It starts with a fake game and then it becomes like a real, yeah. a real mystery for sure. But I, I just love that. It was just the way that the game was set up was, I don't know, just clever. I don't really remember seeing this a lot in other um, I don't know. It just feel, it felt a little bit more developed or interesting or just like a different kind of spin on murder mystery, even though it was very, you know, structurally a murder mystery. I want to say something and it follows uh, what Julie was saying earlier is and look, I'm going to get this is going to be I'm just going to say this. It's a little pretentious, but I truly feel it about this movie. There, there are certain movies that like that you just feel rewarded for having taste or rewarded for like uh, for like acquiring taste. And I don't mean taste like culturally you inherited it or you know like the way the wealthy inherit taste or whatever i mean like if i feel like you know if you're like uh the three of us and the people listening to the show you've worked your whole life to like acquire taste to like uh, to figure out what is good and what is bad and what bad you know this and then a movie comes along like this and you're like fucking thank you thank you because it's yeah. a little bit ahead of you but you can stay a pace with it but it challenges you and it's it, it, it's doing so many different things at once but you know I mean the old line is like a movie made for adults it, whatever but like but it, I, I, I well form- that's the yeah. Sondheim of it all right yeah, exactly. Sondheim never ever once underestimated his audience's that's that's intelligence it. and I think that the mechanics of the murder mystery, all those clues fit together like his lyrics would fit inside of his music. Like that stuff is, yep. those are crossword puzzles. You know, they have to be the right amount of syllables and they have to rhyme and then they also have to say something. So him putting murder mysteries, I I, I really, really wish this were just the, you know, one of many, many movies that he and Tony Perkins had written together. Yeah. It, yeah. it would have just, I really, really wish they'd done more. It could have been like, its own, you know, the way that there is more than one episode of Columbo. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, more, uh, more, more episodes. Wait, just out of interest, just because you're a big Sondheim fan, obviously. Yeah, here what's we go. Your, here we just, go. just if I may, what's your favorite Sondheim musical? Sunday in the, Sunday in the Park with George is my favorite, but I think um, probably his best show that he is responsible for music and lyrics for is, is Sweeney Todd. Um, but the best show he's ever been involved with, I think it's just like, common knowledge that the best musical ever made is Gypsy and he did lyrics for that but not music so that's like a three prong answer mm-hmm. I love it what do you love about <laughs> Sunday in the Park with George oh it's about the art of making art and how hard it is to be a human being and um, there are things in it that will just always make me cry no matter what uh, I'm, I'm feeling at the time if I hear the music I, I just absolutely do it's funny like someone said recently that his shows and his songs and his work follow you around in different phases of your life the way like a painting with eyes that follow you around the room Mm -hmm. do so you know if you're getting married or if you're struggling with like how am I balancing my work life with my personal life or if you lose a parent or if you have a child like there's so many different things in life that he was like 
I got you. <laughs> I got you. I got you. And you start like relating to different characters and his work. And um, he just, uh, there was no one like him. No one like him who understood like what it was like to be a human being. I love in the uh, in the the company documentary just watching the the detail that he brings to the work and the uh, it's just so I, I just get it's kind of going off what I said about the way I feel about this movie it, I just get so uh, energized yeah. when I can tell that people really gave a shit and really yeah. like and you know at some point the show's got to go on uh, but in the meantime watching people who like really just put in the absolute maximum effort and attention to detail and who care about the thing that they're making. You can feel it immediately. Um, mm. And it's just, it's just, it's just such a, a fucking thrill to be in the presence of, of somebody like that. Um, Absolutely. And it's, it's a privilege to be yeah. hanging out with someone who's smart and funny and is, and has heart. And there are like, you know, and I do think that this movie, even though it's nasty, like I do think that there's heart in the right places. Am I crazy in thinking that? No. No, because that, that's what makes the movie enjoyable. Maybe it's not like a heart in the sense that they're like, you know, being nice to each other or be, like some romantic gestures or anything. It's it's a uh, no, you're 100 percent right, because it has like a spirit of um, it has just the energy of positivity. Um, Maybe it that doesn't. It. I'm, th I'm trying to think of that. What do you think? Brett? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I don't. It it's I don't know. I don't think it does. I, I think it does at the level of of the of Sondheim and Perkins at the level of craftsmanship. I think there is, there's is a kind of it, at the level of character and plot. I don't think so, which is what I love about it. But like, uh, there is a the kind love of, of the craft. Yes, there is, there Maybe. is to me a, a, yeah. a heart and a soulfulness in, in, in caring about the work that much and in not like giving any, uh, false moves. So like the, the, the absence of any false moves here of any, like, attempt at any sort of morality or moral any kind of lesson at the end or any kind of easy resolution that is to me that is integrity that is like that is a kind of like heart or integrity or and, like yeah. and there's justice absolutely there's yeah. justice at the end there's kind of like the sweetest justice ever the best kind yeah the justice of just like being in uh bad guy bad guy gets caught and yeah. punished and then has to live in a sort of hell, in a sort and of hell. no exit he hell. He gets punished yeah. perfectly. I love that. Yeah. Perfect. So satisfying. Yeah, it really is satisfying. That zoom out at the end. Uh, oh, the zoom the out best. of Richard Benjamin. Um, the best. And the uh, best. we mentioned everybody else, but shout out Richard, Richard Benjamin. I think uh, underrated actor of that generation. Um, Absolutely. The guy can wear his pants. Uh-huh. The guy and can shorts. wear some pants. The guy can wear some shorts. I, the whole time I was just like, damn. His, that his mustache was never distracting. Ne the way that the shirt hits the pant and the, the pan, <laughs> then like the fabric of the pants, I was just like, Jesus Christ! I just crave style, like so much in like in movies specically. And when people like he's trying to vindicate off, his costume decision, I'm not yeah. dressed like Last of Sheila. I'm dressed like the game. Okay, I know. Uh, you I know. know, it's not like I got the opportunity to go play around in the sandbox and. And dress like a puppet. Well, we should Although say we I could have. I could have. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 my face. we haven't really explicitly said this. I think, but I'm I'm, I'm supposed to be dressed as the as the clown puppets. Um, but I kind of missed the mark. I mean, you know, I work with what I've got. I kind of missed the mark here. Uh, they're much more like puppet clowns. Uh, punch well, I feel clowns. like you, you went good. into the costume place that you like to plug. What's it called? Hollywood Toy and Costume. You went into Hollywood Toy and Costume, and oddly enough, there was not a Last of Sheila section. So you did the best you could. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Where's the and store? There was no game section either. Okay? What is the uh, at the yeah. end of uh, Waiting for Guffman? What's the lunchbox he gets? It's like a Howard's End lunchbox or oh, something. Yeah. Or uh, <laughs> it remains of the day. Remains of the day, day. lunchbox. I whatever. Uh, if somebody creates that store, 
Remains of the Day. Lunch. I will single handedly keep you open. Remains my of the friend, Day lunch. My box. friend Jesse, my friend Jesse, who has the last of Sheila poster in his living room, has a Remains of the Day lunch box. Oh my God. <laughs> oh oh my God. You can have him there. on next next episode. Oh, Steven. Jesus. One of my I love that guy. Yeah. Um, all right. Should we uh, let's watch one scene from Last of Sheila oh, and then my we'll move pleasure. On to the that game. sounds great. You know what? Just so we're not getting too into too many spoilers here, let's just go to eight minutes, Brian. When everybody arrives at the dock. and I ain't carrying three feet. You back okay? <laughs> yeah, so far. Well, I pray it stays that way and the Clinton stays in a good mood. Where is everybody? You don't think they're below playing sardines or something, do you? I'll bet Clinton's got games planned for every day. Just as long as he sticks to the days and leaves us some nights for ourselves. Oh, here we go. Look at this crew. Look at this crew. Oh, look at the glasses in this movie. It's a mistake! Hey, well, what do you think, gang, huh? Thrilled, please. Yeah. Disappointed? Hey, it's fabulous, Clinton. I didn't know you were coming. You're thrilled about it, I can tell. I'm delighted. Clinton can take his frustrations out on you. Yeah, but you know he's always sorry afterwards. Oh, Aren't you a lover? Hey, Miss Gordon. How was your flight? Coleroyd. Flight was good. All right, people, let's fly them by the prop. What is this, a pogrom? Now, come on. Uh, when do you wish to sell, Senor Reed? Uh, James Cameron is having a blast, having the time of his life. All right, gang, let's line up right here. Husbands and wives separate. Uh, leave between Alice and Anthony. Right in here. Right. Uh-huh. Philip, you there. Christine. Tom, on the other side of Christine Bell. Left profile, darling. Attention, avec le slant for He's Italian. I took the wrong three weeks at Burlitz. All I know is Scusi and Pronto. Pronto will be enough. All right, now let's smile or whatever you people do for a living. Take that hat off, Christine. All right, now squeeze in close. Come on, come on, squeeze in closer. You'll be out of the picture. And I don't mean this one. Perfect. <laughs> I'll study him six hungry failures. Are we gonna stop there? Ominous. Six hungry failures. You can just get the sense of so much like <laughs> euphemism in the yeah, air. Maybe and... this movie isn't warm. Maybe <laughs> no, I just, no, it, it, no. Maybe I just it, have warm feelings about it. I'm literally I'm just yeah, grappling with it. I'm like, how mean is this movie? I don't know. Oh yeah. No, it, it has that's a lot the of best bite dynamic. It. Though. I mean, yeah. it's what we were saying about John Waters before. Is like it, he can be doing the most, like just the the most, like the content is just so trashy and despicable, and this and that, and you just get. I'm just so excited by it. I'm so like it's enlivened exciting. by it, and so like it's good movie. there's something. Yeah, there's something. Uh, and I, Sondheim's always been accused of being cold. That's always been the thing that he's, um, like was always most sensitive about was that his stuff was heartless and that it wasn't hummable. That his tunes weren't catchy. Uh, um, I would say this is one of the most hummable, you know, catchiest yeah. movies ever. But the coldness, I think, is a really interesting conversation. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I don't like when Diane Cannon comes up in the car and is just screaming, "It's a mistake!" It's like yeah, moments hilarious. like that, and James Coburn is just like everybody wants that around. friend. Everybody wants yeah. James Coburn and Diane Cannon at least to be your pals. 
Yes. That's it. I mean, like, a bunch of, like, everybody, when everybody's, like, embracing, uh, like, fatalism and everyone's sort of, like, comically pessimistic, like, that dynamic is just my favorite dynamic to be part of and mm-hmm. to, like, witness. Yeah. And so it's, like, if you think that's cold, it's, like, what, what, what do you think? Like, what do you want out of this? I, what do you right. think? Like, it's cold because it's, like, it's it's about murder and, and, yeah. and secrets and backstabbing and, and it has all these, like, themes and stuff. But the reason I'm saying it's so enjoyable is because each of the twists and turns makes my heart, like, Skip because I was so happy about the choices. Yeah, like it's oh, it's that kind of movie so, where like yes. each choice yeah. that's building upon each other yeah. kind of fills me as the viewer with like happiness or like excitement because a everything's working so well. B it's not taking us in some usual directions. I like the twists and turns. I like the characterizations. I like the dialogues. I like the next scenes. I like the locations and the sets. I love that monastery oh, that they yeah, play around sure. in. So fun. Anyway, it's just the, it's like the choices. It's not like oh this is a warm movie like it's like a heartwarming movie. It's uh it's 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 heartwarming to see great movies um mm-hmm. with great casts looking great and like with with a script that zips and zaps and it has zingers and it has twists and turns and it feels yes. fresh even today it feels fresh brett made a comp earlier and people i read online uh, compare knives out a lot to this film um oh, this was a huge influence yeah. to ryan yeah i i um i i totally um get that I, I imagine it has to be an influence on all sorts of like anything like this any sort of like murder mystery ensemble thing uh because i find it to be I, f- I found it to be a joy me and my wife watched it together this weekend and we both were like happier afterwards than when Absolute we started the joy. movie yep, you absolutely. know what i mean absolutely we were like that was absolutely. great yep. like oh my yes. gosh good news we get to go to like we get to go like work with our friends on creative endeavors this week like this is gonna be fun like it was that kind of a film for me so there's something about that i mean same thing when you watch any sondheim musical you you leave a better person than when you came in i mean you definitely leave even if it was this the sad you know sad ending or like uh one of his you know everyone's mean to each other's or it doesn't have some big hit in it i've never left the theater thinking like being less joyful to have spent time with Sondheim watching something yeah. incredible. Well, so, you've never, you know, seen, that you've never seen Passion then. That's a hilarious joke for the three musical theater fans listening. Yes, more of that. Um, okay, well. Well, I just think really, really quickly yeah, too, like, I mean, final words on this. I think, um, I mean, I, I, yeah, I'm sad to hear that he that, that made him anxious. That sucks. Because like, I think like, but I'm also glad that it seems like he didn't he didn't, he still stuck to his guns. And that's kind of what I was initially saying about this movie being a reward for like wanting to have taste is somebody has got to be out here, like not compromising. Uh, and because so many movies I watch, you know, you, you have those moments where you're like, ah, fine. All right. It's a yeah. movie. And like, you I think never... I'm a dumb dumb. And yes. maybe I am. Cause I'm watching this. Exactly. And it's like, okay, at least I don't have to like think Star about Wars. this and I can kind of check out and like, and this movie never has any of those moments. It has the opposite moments. Yeah. It has moments where it's you're good. like, Oh shit, I got to get my, I got to, I gotta perk up. I gotta get my, you know, I gotta bring, I gotta bring something yeah, to this. Yeah, that, that James Mason monologue, you gotta watch a few times to follow yeah. all of it. And there's even things I realized, like, on this last watching, where it's like, oh, I didn't know that's why he was buzzing that button, or, yeah. like, um, and that, and that, like, the title has another meaning, where the last of Sheila specifically refers to that A, like, the last oh of the word God. Sheila is that cool. A in the word cool. Sheila. Anyway, yeah. I don't remember I anything, but, okay. like, oh, God, is it satisfying. Fun. 
I love it. Great stuff. I love it. I love it. All right. Well, uh, good, luck hey, to, look. good luck to the game. Hey, you know What's what? the game got? You yeah. know what? Mm-hmm. Before, all, all these, like, uh, 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 we'll bring it around. A little olive branch to the franchises. What are these franchises obsessed with? Fucking Easter eggs. And guess what has a lot of Easter eggs? You want Easter eggs? You want little? You want it? You're combing through Avengers Endgame for Easter eggs? Watch The Last of Sheila. There's Get your it, fucking there, Easter you'll eggs. You'll be combing Good through point. that for years. You you'll go. be combing yeah. through that for years. There you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Actually, don't. Let, 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 us, let us have it. You, you guys have Marvel. It's fine. <laughs> Let's get into uh, the game. Uh, <laughs> what do you guys think of the game? All right, it enough. should be a ra- it should be erased. They should erase it permanently. Okay, are you, it should you, be eliminated from the from the you, planet. You hate it too. Earth. What is Thank this God. movie? What is right, the game? I think, it, I, think it, I think it stinks. But I like David Fincher. I I'm not like. That was my big question for you, actually. It was, yeah, it's just yeah. like a very, very disappointing movie. Oh, okay, thank. Okay, good. Because I was like, I don't know. I don't. It was. It was all. You know, I I knew that you both very much like Last of Sheila, so I was like, oh, do they also like not like like I I've met I've met Brett a long time, and I I know you, Julie. I'm like, I know they don't like like this movie because like, it's like, good, but do they like? Is there something funny about it besides it being like really dumb? Like I, I found this movie more to fun. be fun. I think that's its biggest crime is not being more. fun. I, I think it's yeah. just. So it's not dumb. even fun bad. It's just no. I was bad. shocked. Okay, sorry. I'm, yeah. Am I destroying like your setup here? No, like, no, no. This, no. Is okay. this is great. This is great. I needed a way into the game. Okay. And well, this is had weird. you not uh, seen it before? Was this the first no, time you I saw ha- it? I hadn't seen either of these movies. I watched them back, oh, okay. back to back in the true spirit yeah. of a Bergman's. I was riding my Last of Sheila high yeah. into the game, thinking, "Oh, it's a Fincher I've never seen before. One of his early ones. Ooh, what do we like? You know. By the way, and this is what I want to get around to. And folks, I would love to hear I from the audience. Joe's coming I'd alive. love to hear from fucking <laughs> Brett and Julie. I'd love to hear from you most of all. David Fincher, what are we going to do with this guy? If I can give you my, my little two cents up top on David Fincher. Okay. 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 Fine. The social network is good, is great. And Zodiac is really great. That's my opinion. And also, both, sorry, come and arrest me. Mindhunter and House of Cards are some of the better television shows that we've gotten recently. Well, the, the good news years. is they're not arresting you. They're arresting Kevin Spacey, so you don't need <laughs> okay, to worry good. about that. If they, you see good. the cops coming, That's you don't good. need to hide. That's good. So thank you, Fincher, for all of that. And people and Gone Girl has its fans. And we're not here to talk about Gone Girl. Or, I'm going to go Julie. ahead and defend Seven. Like, I know it's not... And you're a Seven guy. Okay. You know, I, I like Seven, and I will also say the music videos you directed are like... And, the and then he has he has a wild like, music but, video but did ex- resume. He did express yourself. But, I mean, yeah, come on now. But also though, don't you think that Fincher, almost more so than Christopher Nolan, is responsible for this like horrible, dreadful digital blue-gray malaise that we've had to deal with in every piece of entertainment for the past fifteen to twenty years? I feel like both of those guys inspired just like this, just derivative, poorly lit, uncinematic uncolorful, self-serious, gray-blue nonsense that we've been inundated with for 10, 20 years. And um, I can almost like never forgive Fincher for it. I don't care that he's very good at it. You know, it's weird. It's, that it's, it's become, unforgivable. It's weird that it's become such a default for him because I get like Zodiac. I get. I think it works. I love in that. Zodiac, man. Uh, but this movie, why are we using this? Why are we using this color palette? Like this is a. This could have been a silly, a very silly movie. This could have been a, si- a much sillier yeah, movie. Uh, but he 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 insists on that like. That just like stark, desaturated, cold palette, and that's his and, thing, and he does it well. But and all the time, I appreciate David? his artistry. It's it's so, it is getting boring and dry. Fincher's also made some 
some movies that are so bad they kind of cancel out some of these other good movies. Folks, did you see The Curious Case of Benjamin Button by any chance? It no, is curiously, a, I missed it. It is a gigantic stinker. I wasn't curious, I wasn't curious, curious enough? enough to see it. Okay, well, if you're curious, it, it is a stinker. Anyway, I don't know, Julie. So, so you're, so you're, are you a Fincher defender? Is he a B? Is he an A? Like, where are you? I would love. I, what do you I think? like. I'm looking at his music video. Okay. Like filmography alone, and I'm I'm gagged. I mean, right. he yeah. did yeah. he did express yourself and Vogue and Freedom ninety. Freedom ninety, so yeah, that's great. And yeah. he did um, he did Cold Hearted Snake, which is a very important video oh my god um and straight up like i mean his anyway All right, so that al- that alone here nor there. that alone and the pilot of house of cards you're saying puts him in an <laughs> echelon above now, other is that the pilot where kevin spacey pisses on his father's grave I've, like in the middle I, of the I've, monologue I've, yeah yeah isn't that the best he turns around and is like i couldn't help but notice oh that's the fucking best the, l- speaking of like a movie where it's like oh it's not like a comedy it's not like it's like happy you know just like last of sheila House of Cards season one fills me with immense joy at, uh, um, uh, but you know, that's for, uh, the conversation for either right now or a different time. So yeah. Brett, what do you stand no con- on, David? No conflict, huh? Not like watching the, you're watching the Cosby show anytime soon and feeling any conflicts there or no? It's not a little no, weird. R- riddled with conflict. I'm not, okay. I'm not going to go back to the House of Cards season one. Yeah. I am, I am, it's terrifying. Yeah. Um, I'm just I'm just telling you how House of Cards season one made me feel. I am not saying I defend any a- action okay. <laughs> of him or Bo Willimon. I'm sure they're not as bad as Spacey, but Bo, you're all, you're on my list for being being on. Well, this isn't this is but what Brett. What do you think of David Fincher? Okay, so um, I mean, I, I I concur with what you guys are saying. I think you know uh, he's obviously a very proficient filmmaker, and when it all comes together, it's great. I think Zodiac is Zodiac's one of I think one of the best films of the, Amazing. Of the 21st century. I think. Uh, uh, I think Social Network. I, Amazing. I, I, yeah. What do you think of Social Network, Julie? I liked it. Yeah. I thought it was good, but I also don't want to see it again. You know, okay. it was one of those things where I saw it. I said, oh, that was good. And I'm not interested in revisiting it anytime soon. But that, that's where I was. Um, I did a rewatch during during Quar. And I got to tell you, you know, I hate to say it. It's so fucking fucking amazing. It, it's so much yeah. better than I remember it. it. It was really good. And Jesse Eisenberg, he's really good. And I yeah. really like him. And the movie is awesome. You know, and that soundtrack, Trent Reznor's score, got a yeah. lot of attention at the time, but you know what? And I don't know, at the time, when things are really zeitgeisty, don't you roll your eyes, folks. But when I, when I go back 15 years later, I was like, all right, fuck, everyone was right. Social Network is amazing. That fucking score's cool as shit. Fincher nailed it. Eisenberg's great. It's a really good movie. I really, really like Social Network. Well, that's why I think there yeah. needs to be, I mean, unlike Unlike uh, Last of Sheila, there's not, there's no, there's no fun in the air in Fincher World. There's never, everything is very dreary, everything's very bleak, uh, and you need a. I think that's why Social Network and Zodiac work the best. Is you do need some sort of central, compelling, like moral crisis or big issue, like big thing that's sort of being resolved. That all the darkness and the and the and the 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 tones that he works with are going to circle around. In the game, I'm like, what? What is the point of any of this? I, like a. I don't give a shit about if this character experiences any sort of redemption. Right. I don't know what kind right. of redemption he's after yeah. here. I think the intention when I was reading, because I, I I really like went back and I was like, what was 
even who wrote this? What was the point it was of any Harvard, of this? Harvard, right? Isn't it like yes. Yale or something? Yeah, there is some like uh, you know, skull and bones sort of like uh overtones to the uh I think like the uh, initiation rituals that are like used as part of the games. Um uh, and sorry, we didn't do a 60 second review, but you guys know the game. Uh Michael Douglas is an investment banker and his Sean Penn's brother buys him this like birthday present that is just this extended sort of he just gets like uh, t- tortured in various nightmarish scenarios for. Uh, yeah, he, for... he he's told you. Pl- yeah, here's a card. Go to this company. Check in. It's going to change your life. Okay, so he goes and he does a bunch of tests and he answers a bunch of questions and they're like, all right, we'll let you know when like your game starts. And then other very very wealthy uh, titans of industry at a bar tell him, oh, I went on my game last year. It's a crazy ride. You're going to be a changed man. Don't you worry about this. Oh my, oh my, it's the best. It's the best. And then he goes through a kooky series of oh my goodnesses as his life falls apart. So this billionaire esque, you know, rich, powerful guy, his life is thrown into the toilet by this game. All of his money is stolen and siphoned away. And he's and he wakes up in a tomb. He wakes up in a coffin in Mexico City with zero dollars, and he bashes his way out and, and goes back to San Francisco to fight for his inheritance or money or whatever. And then he learns after he kills Sean Penn in a fit of passion by accident and jumps off of a building. Spoiler alert for the game: you can spoil a game. It was all the game the whole freaking time. Yeah, Sean Penn it was, was alive. the game the whole freaking it was all time. The game. And you know, I, okay, one of my least favorite. Substrata of film criticism, if you can even call it that. I think the worst thing anybody could ever say about a movie is this. When someone says this, I immediately know this person is not somebody I want to talk to for one more second about a movie. Sorry. Is, oh, I guessed it a mile away. Yeah, that's Shut not really the point. I, oh, I, I figured it out. I predicted. Okay. Yeah. okay. Okay, you figured it out. Yeah, I guess you won movies. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you win, you win movies. But, 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 folks, I, 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 I am embarrassed to oh kneel. God. I'm embarrassed to kneel before you and say that, like, wow, like any other movie, yeah. like, been more figured. Like, oh, it's, it's all the game. Like, it's, it's the game. You know, like, sorry to be that guy, but like, I'll take it upon myself. It was the game the whole time. Annoying thing to say because it's such a stupid <laughs> movie that knowing that it was makes you movie. feel stupid. It was knowing the game it. the whole time. Oh, wait, one time in college, uh. I, do you remember when the, the Prestige? I'm a big Prestige guy. The Prestige came out, and we were all like chilling in the dorm room. And this guy goes, "Ugh, the Prestige." <laughs> I guessed, you know, I guessed it immediately. To which, I, you know, to which the response by the group was, "You guess that every night he kills himself and reincarnates as an alien on the other side of a box." Uh, I don't know. How would you ever, ever have guessed that? Uh, so I'm just putting on blast. And also, the guy, immediately, the does guessed, he mean like the when the opening credits? He, were he, he was like, oh, "I figured out the Prestige." If every night Hugh Jackman drowns himself and then is an alien. What the fuck are you talking about? Um, sorry, uh, so, uh, sorry for the the uh, the vitriol, but I just don't like the guys that guess the movie. No one's impressed. That's the point. What you think? Not the of, point. What, oh, you guess yeah. you guess the movie. There's yeah. 25 kinds of movies. What did you think of the movie? But the game, though, holy moly! Please excuse me. Yeah, it was the game the whole it was time. The game the whole time. Uh, the only way I can make sense of this is I was reading the, like they were it's actually kind of simple when I think of it this way. They were like trying to make a, a Christmas carol and they just like kind of failed. They were like trying I to do a like Christmas a Scrooge carol. thing. This sucks. 
they were trying to do Michael Douglas's Scrooge and he's going to go through mm-hmm. these trials and he's going to rediscover what's important in life. Uh, but th- he, there's the movie doesn't know what's important in life. And so it, there's no, like it has, it, it's like it's Christmas Carol without the central, like uh moral or emotional dynamic of a Christmas Carol, because there's nothing to get back to. There's nothing. He, he's just a cipher. He's an empty husk of a person. I'm so relieved. <laughs> there's nothing. This is our conversation. There's nothing there. Right so yeah. he just like suffers for an hour and a half and then gets well, the basic back his life. Along those lines, yeah. not only is there any like heart along we were saying with Sheila, it's like, yeah. It heart shouldn't matter if the characters, if the if the cool stuff is cool enough. Yes, and exactly. The, and the, the cool stuff isn't cool at all. Correct. Like at one point, there's a clown and there's a camera in the clown, and you're like, that's it. Should have been cooler. There's, there could have been. There should have been cooler stuff. I, I know it, it wasn't. It was made in 1997. Yeah, 97. We've just watched on this podcast like a string of like brilliant creative films that all came out in 1997. It wasn't like nobody was making cool choices and having fun, cool, twisted ideas. He literally just made seven. Yeah. So you think the guy would know about some cool twists and turns? This I watched movie this movie. Stinks. I have a distinct memory. I watched this movie uh, in theaters when it came out. I was in high school. And I don't, you know, uh, generally I would not endorse this behavior. I remember getting shushed in during the game. So I guess I was talking. I have a distinct what did memory. You say? I don't know. I remember. Oh, I was. You're, I, like, you're like. Oh no, I was a kid. If you, if you like, it, the whole thing's a game. I would do. <laughs> I, I would. I, you know, I would talk to get shushed. But if you shushed me, I would wilt like a fucking flower. I would like. Oh, I'm so so so. I'm so sorry. So sorry. So I was. I was humiliated. Something's never humiliated changed, if really. I can if I inconvenience someone's experience of the movie. But I was also like, I like to talk and you know this and that. So like, but um, I remember somebody shushing me in the middle of the game. <laughs> and to that person, years later, I want to say you weren't missing anything. You weren't missing right. anything in the game. <laughs> right. You don't right, need to shush right. these. It's kids. Not, it ain't church. It ain't church. Let these kids talk during the game. It's fine. Take a nap. Could we watch a scene? Let's just watch a, sh- a scene for the for the good people at home. All right. Here is, is I don't want them to watch the game. I want them to just kind of get what we're talking we about. We do try to find one, you know, because this is supposed to be a like comparison between the two. Um uh we do try to find one pro, even with the crappy films. Uh so my pro, what I want to look at is uh, James Reborn's performance. James Reborn's He's performance great. in He's the game. He's terrific. He is always so much fun. Uh, let's look at... Um, let's look at... So they find out he, yeah, he yeah, ends up being an actor, uh, and that's how sort of Michael Douglas starts to unravel that it's a game. Um, uh, so, uh, Brian, can we look at like one forty-seven, an hour 47? Get rid of him. All right, so Reborn's out with his kids. This movie could be fun. Like, there's a lot of like... This like, this like has it never heard about camp job. or something? See, this is like, what you should address like, like. This is what you should address like right here. Improvise a little. I mean, it's yeah, that like wi- that light windbreaker kind of. Right, that would have been really fun. The fans would have been absolutely gagged if I dressed as James Reborn in the fucking game. Offices are empty. I need to find out where they are. Look, they own the whole building. They just move from floor like this is silly. Why am I like? It's being suggested no, to me that this is very important. Tell them uh, the police call. Yeah. You gotta speak to somebody. Tell them uh, I'm gonna blow the whistle on them. What whistle? There's no fucking whistle. This is very dangerous. I don't think that you understand. Right now, I am extremely. Michael, guys, 
Come on, we're leaving. All right. Thanks, Brian. That was, that was okay. There, there it is, folks. That's the game. If that it's so bad, yeah, it's so it, bad. It, uh, yeah. All right, I'm, we're we're all in agreement here. I mean, yeah. we don't need to belabor the point of the game. No, nah, we don't. It's 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 things. Yeah, um, not Venture's worst. That's Benjamin Button, but uh, it's not a great movie. Is it really? That's that, the worst one. Julie, really? Brett. I mean, look, I saw it in the movie theater. Maybe like, if I no, thought, you're I'm, right. No, like, yeah. I remember watching the movie theater and just being like. Because I, I remember being, like, excited, a version of excited, like, oh, cool. I don't know. Just, like, oh, look, the trailer was really cool. Cape Blanchett, Brad Pitt goes backwards. Weird, cool, weird trailer. We, remember watching, we watched the trailer together. We were like, yeah. what was this all about? Like, oh, yeah. my, oh, my. That movie fucking stunk. <laughs> yeah, that means it's it is it, so it, it's long. A it is seven page, and a half hours right, long. It's a ten, it is a ten so page. boring. Oh, my God. Wow. And yeah. the CGI is so miserable in the, in the script. Oh, God, I'm the sure. Script is, the script is just, like, you know, so, like, embarrassingly like saccharine and just kind of like self-serious i just i fincher even like gone girl i think the the fincher lovers they always sort of like suggest there's more camp in it than than there mm -hmm. is they're always like no no don't you see like oh but like oh it's always like a wink and a flourish and like oh ben affleck is doing like wearing a cap and neil patrick harris in the blood and rosman pike in the car and it's all like don't you see it's a little not self-serious i think that's what i like about house of cards what i like about uh, social networks and eisenberg's performance in social network um the whole the fincher self-serious thing can just cannibalize his his films and he really needs like other partners to bring levity energy um, things of that nature. I, I just am, I, I was just, this movie had none of that. Michael Douglas is, thinks that he's in a really impactful psychological thriller and he's in a yes. silly, campy uh, movie that could have been kind of fun and dumb and it is none of those things. So I am out on the game. Brett, if this is the part where you ask me what I'm putting in the trash cannon, folks, I guess <laughs> I'll, I'll just say it right now. I am putting the game, I'm stuffing it in in the trash cannon. I'm, I'm poking it down to the bottom. I really don't want to see the game again ever as long. As I live, I am out on Michael Douglas, and even David Fincher is suspect after this viewing of the game. And that's my words on that. Uh, Julie, which movie are you, are you putting in the canon? Which which one's going in the trash? I can? already had Last of Sheila in the canon, but go. I'm all too happy to to throw the game away uh, next to my copy of Neil Strauss's The Game, which I also threw okay. away because I didn't learn anything. <laughs> okay, I didn't learn anything. I said I haven't been I haven't gotten any pussy yeah. from this book. Yeah, right. <laughs> Fair. All right, they're both in the trash can. Uh, and sorry, we should have reviewed uh, this with you ahead of time, but you are now. Uh, if I put the game in the trash can as well that's that's three for three in the trash can that means that uh all of us are not allowed to watch the game again for the rest of our lives is that is that thank that, god what a relief okay. Okay, i know good. this is a relief this is the first time in, a, in many weeks and this now is if anybody if anything it's a, a gift because if anybody ever tries to corner you into a viewing of the game you can yes. say that you're contractually uh prevented from doing yeah. that uh yeah. based on this uh, yeah. uh guest spot that you were on but you could blow that up right now brett i guess you couldn't because two against one but well i can't blow it up because i have to be honest that's that's you gotta you be know, honest yeah, you know, exactly. wait, wait, yeah. wait, wait, wait well, be honest yeah wait <laughs> there is a temptation sometimes to yeah to you know just to to, to bring a little chaos to the proceedings but no i gotta be honest of course of course last of sheila uh yeah, in the canon in the great. canon with a bullet one of the best movies we watched so far on this podcast uh the game uh get your ass in the trash cannon uh we're never going to watch that movie again for the rest of our lives nah. um and uh, Julie, thank you so much for joining us. This was such it's a pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my really gosh. cool and really nice of you. Thank you so much for taking the time, Julie. This is, this is thank awesome. You. Thank yeah, you. We really appreciate it. And um, 
Next, um, uh, and just to review those plugs one one last time, uh, listen to Double Threat uh, every every Monday. Uh, Julie and Tom, the best damn duo in podcasting, doing the damn thing every Monday. Uh, sign up for Forever Dog Plus to uh, get Ask Julie once a week as well. Uh, one of my favorite podcasts out there right now. Uh, and Julie, anything I'm missing? Anything else? Anything else you want to tell our listeners about? That's that's all, folks. We love. We love uh, and uh, get on both of those things. And next week, um, so Joe, you've agreed to this calendar I sent you? 100,000%, yes. Okay, so I think next week, is it um, uh, Bicycle Thieves versus Pee Wee's Big Adventure? Is yes, that right? Is. Oh, okay, great. A, that's no contest. Yes, These are getting is. like very obvious. Wait, <laughs> wait, toss, like, wait, Julie, toss out what, what's, what's so obvious. You're going to be like that the footage of like that black and white train coming towards <laughs> the camera versus Snowpiercer. You know, like it's just not fair. Like you're not doing anything that's fair. But Julie, the pathos of bicycle thieves, the emotion of bicycle thieves. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm split. There's nothing better than Pee Wee's Big Adventure. I, I, there's, yeah. not, there's no better movie. I have, I have to make pretend an argument to, to, okay, to think. Have to I have to pretend that, that we'll see fairly. what happens oh, that next it'll week. It'll be a conflict. Okay, we'll see got what it. happens next week. Got it. I adore Pee Wee's okay. Big Adventure. We have to be honest. Okay. And, uh, and, uh, and the name, name of honesty, last thing we're going to do here, I do have to uh, 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 ask for some forgiveness from the Bergman audience. Uh, oh. Last last week, I pulled a curveball uh, and I tried to put uh, signs and nope both in the canon in an act of madness. Yeah, was I was very tired. <laughs> was I just done the best show twenty four. I was very tired, and I just I don't know. I got into this thing. You where can't I, do that. I just. I what know, are you doing I, now? Are you going back on it? No, I, I'm going to revise that. I'm going to I'm going to uh, I'm going to uh, ask for forgiveness for breaking the rules of this podcast. I just I I just got this big feeling of rooting for the underdogs and original IP and people who aren't doing franchise shit and are doing original things every time. And so I wanted to put M Night Shyamalan. And Jordan Peele in the trash cannon. He's still, he's might still be down, Science, down Science is a terrible movie. What was going on with you a week ago? Science is one of the few movies I remember seeing in the theater and willing myself to fall asleep and not being able to because the soundtrack kept like waking me up. <laughs> what is it? The kid puts out glasses of water. That's like the big twist. That was crazy. Abigail Breslin. Uh, yeah, she can't stop just taking one sip of her water and then leaving the glass out. And luckily, but that's at the end, kind of what I'm. I'm like that around my apartment. But at the end, though, it, but, that's good. That's good because if an alien comes in, they don't like dump water. That water you just throw acid dump on that water on them. Dump that water on them. Like that. Yeah. But um, uh, anyway, I got so what, what are you saying? Are you going to say you put an open the cannon? Here's the thing. Fans? We're supposed to be honest and we're supposed to say which movie we like better. I didn't do that last week. I got sentimental because I was all in my head. I was feeling delirious. I just wanted to support uh, original man. IP directors. Whatever, dude. But I'm going back. I'm going to revise Whatever, that decision. Man. I'm going to. Will you please let me? I am being very Come humble on, right now. I'm, I, I am. I am. In a way, you know, putting myself prostrate before the before uh, the okay. listeners, before you, and I'm saying I made a mistake. I broke the rules of the podcast. I'm going to revise that and say if I'm being honest, I think that Nope is the better movie. I'm putting Nope in the can. There it is. All right. Okay. Thank you so much. Uh, follow us at Weekend Bergman on Twitter and Instagram, and we will see you next week. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.